Coming up on today's Lockdown Bearcats episode, what Cincinnati's Jerome Ford and Alabama's Will Anderson said at Cotton Bowl Media Days on Monday. My thoughts on those comments. Plus, is this game an example of David versus Goliath? I don't think so. I'll tell you why in today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. My name is Alex Frank. Welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats. I am using my experiences from my days as the University of Cincinnati's Bearcats Media Sports Director, where I was a commentator for Bearcats football and men's basketball games. In addition, I was the host of several live shows and podcasts on the Bearcats, and I also made a lot of connections with those in the athletic department and those who covered the team professionally, which I guess I'm one of those professionals now with this podcast. I don't know, but I'm using all of those experiences and bringing them here to Lockdown Bearcats. It is Wednesday, December 29th of 2021, meaning we are two days away from the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, the college football playoff semifinal, Cincinnati and Alabama. And yet Monday was, and I didn't touch on this yesterday, maybe I should have, I recorded Tuesday's episode um, before the media day and before Everything was written, every story was written from Media Day Monday. So I wanted to touch on some things that stood out to me from Media Day on Monday at the Cotton Bowl. And I want to start with Jerome Ford because I think he's going to play a large role in this game. I think Cincinnati wants to run the football in this game. I think they should run the football in this game. I think that's how you keep Alabama's offense off the field. Alabama's going to try and grind Cincinnati out. So what that means is you don't want Alabama's offense on the field for too long. Because otherwise, that's just that's just not what you want to happen. You want to keep Alabama's offense off the field. You want to win the time of possession, which against Alabama is hard to do. But with this game, I think Jerome Ford should be a focal point of this offense. And the Bearcats, under Luke Fickle, want to be a run-first team. For as great as Desmond Ritter is, let's be honest. This is a program that is driven through the trenches. And trench warfare, if you win that, creates the ability to run the football. So Jerome Ford was asked about being a transfer from Alabama. And I thought yesterday, Monday, at rather, at Cotton Bowl Media Days. And I thought his answer was great. I thought his answer was well put when he said that he did not want to be referred as an Alabama transfer anymore. He said, I am a Cincinnati Bearcat. And that can be interpreted multiple different ways. I kind of interpret it two ways. I see it as... One, he doesn't want to be associated with Alabama anymore. Number two is that, yes, that question is going to be asked. He's going to be referred as an Alabama transfer because UC's playing Alabama. But the way I think Jerome Ford took that was he and Cincinnati want nothing to do with Alabama of anything whether it's who Alabama is, 
any player. They want to make this about them. They don't want to be coaxed into thinking that they're David versus Goliath, which I don't necessarily think that's the case in this matchup. More on that later. But I think with what Jerome Ford is saying is he has established himself as a valued member and a valuable member of this Bearcats program. Jerome Ford is one of the best running backs in the country. And last year, when Cincinnati was still, you know, not quite to the top echelon of college football, it was, okay, fine. You want to refer to him as the Alabama transfer, go right ahead. I, however, think that this year, with what Ford has established himself and who the Bearcats have established themselves as a team, that he wants that to be put away. Cincinnati wants to make this about them. They want everybody to know that they think they belong. That these players, and I've mentioned this before, Bucky Brooks said weeks ago on his Move the Sticks podcast, that this UC team has some dudes. He didn't mention Jerome Ford, but I think you have to include him in that conversation. Jerome Ford is one of the best running backs in the country. And again, you can interpret what he said multiple different ways. I take that as he thought, well, we deserve to be here. This isn't just about Alabama. Cincinnati is not just another team in Alabama's path towards a seventh national championship in 13 years. I don't think that's the case. Luke Robinson from Lockdown Bama, who thinks Cincinnati is going to be Alabama's toughest matchup today, doesn't think that's the case. And it's interesting because there was an article yesterday written by the Athletics' Justin Williams, phenomenal writer. And he talked about Jerome Ford embracing the culture at Cincinnati. And at Alabama, I thought there was, there was a really good comment made by his high school coach, Jerome Ford's high school coach, Evan Davis. He said, in quote, it wasn't the right culture, to be honest with you, man. It's such a factory culture at Alabama. They just chew you up, spit you out, and go on to the next guy. And that makes sense because Alabama, look, Nick Saban doesn't mess around. Nick Saban is going to put the best 22 players out on the field at one time, or 11 players on offense and 11 players on defense. 22 total. Not on the field at the same time. You get the point. But think about Alabama. If you go to Alabama, you have aspirations to be developed by Nick Saban to be an NFL draft prospect in two to three years. Not necessarily four years, unless you're Devontae Smith. Then that's different. Or you're maybe Tua Tagovailoa, who stayed there for, who was there for, actually not even, three years. Jalen Hurts was there three years. That's a different story. Anyway, Alabama is not like UC, where you can have the time to be developed, like Jerome Ford has been, like Desmond Ritter, like Sauce Gardner, like Jay Sanders, like Darian Beavers, like Curtis Brooks. Because Cincinnati, four years ago, 
the perception from NFL draft evaluators was, okay, I think it was they didn't really look into Cincinnati because they're in a group of five conference, mid-major. They have that reputation and perception attached to them. But you can build a culture. And it's so unique with Cincinnati because they were so good. They played like a power five program. It culminated, that belief culminated with that close call and Herculean effort against Georgia. And now it's paid off with the college football playoff berth. But it's Cincinnati where might get lost in the shuffle with schools like Alabama and Ohio State where most of your, excuse me, draft prospects go or most NFL draft hopefuls go. Cincinnati is going to get overlooked. But at the same time, you can get developed there. You can take your talents and get developed and get on the field and make an impact. You may not get to do that at Alabama. Cincinnati has developed Jerome Ford into being, like I said, one of the best running backs in the country. Jerome Ford has 20 touchdowns this season. 20. 19 touchdowns rushing is tied for sixth in the country with a quarterback, no less. That's Malik Cunningham from Louisville. Jerome Ford has asserted himself on the national stage. I remember saying to people when Desmond Ritter, no disrespect to him by any means, when he was in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy, I remember saying to people, shouldn't we be talking about Jerome Ford? Should we be talking about Jerome Ford being in the Heisman conversation? This was when he had four touchdowns in the first half against UCF. Yeah, that game. And that was who Jerome Ford was. This... Running back who, as Justin Williams wrote yesterday, is a man of few words. But he is a man of prolific talents on the field. Many talents on the field. Up next, uh, something that was said on the other side of this matchup. You can hate it, but you have to respect that it's true. For one reason. I'll get to that next, here on Lockdown Bearcats. All right, so it's the new year, and that means it's time for New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include the Built Bar in your plan. It makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, and nobody wants that. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. I know I've been there. You're probably thinking by like week three, Alex, where is the chocolate? This is just not worth it. Well, I'm here to tell you that Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. In addition to only containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each, and 17 grams of protein. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, I know it can be difficult. You can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So that way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Maybe reward yourself by doing that after a workout. Go to Build.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Build.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen 
of every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview began this past Friday. I had the pleasure of joining Locked On Bama co-host Luke Robinson for a crossover with UC and Alabama, the Cotton Bowl this Friday, 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN. You can listen to the game locally, hear the game locally on 700. WLW, Dan Hort, Jim Kelly Jr., Mo Egger, three very good friends of mine on the call. National call on ESPN where you can watch the game. Sean McDonough, Top Blackledge, Laura Rutledge, and Molly McGrath, all four tremendous announcers. I know Sean McDonough, he is a master at his craft. Very excited to have him call the biggest game in UC history. He called another big UC game 12 years ago, Pike to Bins. And that is, of course, etched onto a bobblehead with Dan Horde. Dan Horde has told me, he's told many others, that he views Sean McDonough as his mentor. And it, it, it just, you know, Cincinnati, when they have played Indiana, Notre Dame, Temple, UCF, SMU, ECU, and Houston, that's seven games they have played this season on national television. I'm not talking about ESPN2. I'm not talking about uh, ESPN+, Plus, which the first two games aired on. I'm talking about, you know, major networks like ESPN, which they appeared on, I believe, three times. ABC, which they appeared on for the UCF game, the ECU game, the conference championship game. And they, of course, were on NBC for the game in Notre Dame. Cincinnati has gotten a lot of national attention over the last three years. And it speaks to the scheduling. And when we talk about how Luke Fickle has built this program, one thing that should absolutely be talked about is the way that this university has scheduled. You go back to 2017, Luke Fickle's first season. His very first road game as head coach of the Bearcats was at a familiar place for him because having come from Ohio State, he has coached in Ann Arbor several times. UC's very first road game as head coach, or UC's very first road game with Luke Fickle as head coach was at Michigan. And I know the Bearcats did not play well that day. Michigan got off to a 14-0 lead. UC was hanging around. You thought maybe there was a chance to you know, make make it a game in the fourth quarter. It was 17 to 14. Khalil Lewis just missed hauling in a big play down the, uh, it was, I forget if it was the near or far sideline. I want to say it was the near sideline. They just missed the chance to really make it a game in the fourth quarter. But think about how far they've come. I remember I said to a friend of mine at the game this year at Notre Dame, I said to him, if you would have told me and this was when UC went up 17 to nothing. I remember telling him, if you would have told me four years ago in Michigan that we would be in this position, up 17 to nothing at Notre Dame, as a team that's ranked two spots ahead of Notre Dame in the AP poll, and up 17 to nothing at their own stadium, not on a neutral field, not in a neutral field like Detroit or Chicago or Indianapolis, no. At Notre Dame Stadium, a place where Notre Dame had not lost since by since losing to one by one point to Georgia in 2017. Think about that for a minute. And 
I think we knew when this program was being built because think about how far they've had to come. From the depths of the AAC, not the SEC or the Big 12, no. When you're rebuilding a group of five program, it is very difficult for many reasons. One of which is your program doesn't even get talked about. Because college football, as I've said, and as I'm sure you know this, it is driven by its blue bloods. It is driven by its power five programs like Alabama, Ohio State. And that's another thing, too. You, you see plays in a state that is dominated by Ohio State. Two years ago, Cincinnati goes up to Ohio State and gets pummeled, just beat down. I remember saying to people I was with at that game, my gosh, is Cincinnati even going to be Marshall on the road? Marshall, no disrespect to them, that's a Conference USA opponent. Conference USA has never been to a New Year's Six Bowl, let alone the college football playoff. And so that is why Luke Fickle building this program, just taking their lumps, taking their beatings against Michigan and Ohio State into UCF, but then coming back, just the continuation of the recruiting trail. Do you know how hard it is? And I've never been in this position. I've never been a college football coach. Do you know how hard it must be to sell to recruits, hey, we're not there yet, but we're going to get there. We're building something special. It takes a head coach like Luke Fickle and a culture of belief to get players like Desmond Ritter, like Sauce Gardner, like Javon Hicks, any Cincinnati high school product, like Josh Wiley, like Jerome Ford to transfer from Alabama, you know, speaking of Jerome Ford, you transfer from Alabama. You, you, I, I, if I'm if I'm a player like that, I'm thinking, okay, what other Power Five school am I going to go to? Maybe another SEC school. Cho choosing Cincinnati, what a win that was for Luke Fickle's program. Just the gradual build, and having a team in 2020 that steamrolled everybody in the American Athletic Conference which admittedly is not as good as the Big East was when UC was in that conference. I would argue when UC went undefeated in 2009, they had a tougher schedule with the likes of Pitt and Louisville and UConn and West Virginia, as opposed to this year, the likes of SMU and UCF and whomever else you want to throw in there. I would argue that this when UC did in 2009 was harder than this year in terms of the competition. But that's where the scheduling comes into play. Luke Fickle last year in 2020, they scheduled Army like really quickly. UC found a way to win that game. And with that scheduling comes the national television appearances. Go back to 2019. By the way, Cincinnati appeared on it appeared on just three nationally televised games in 2018. One of which was put into an ABC slot, the game at UCF, and of course the bowl game on ESPN. So three games. UCLA was already scheduled to be on ESPN. Go back, go back to 2019. UCLA, Ohio State, UCF, 
Memphis twice, and the Birmingham Bowl. So that's six. 2020, Army, Memphis, Houston, UCF, Tulsa, Georgia. Right there, that's six. And this year's seven. 20 times. UC has played 14 games in 2019, 10 games in 2020, and 13 games this year. That's 37 games, 20 of which have been on major networks. Testament to Luke Fickle's scheduling. Taking the lumps early, but understanding that something was being built. And it finally broke through against Georgia in 2020, the end of the 2020 season. New Year's Day of this year. Isn't it interesting for you to think about that the year started with the Peach Bowl and it's going to end with the Bearcats in the college football playoff? And that's hard to do. You lose the Peach Bowl, but I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise because that prompted guys like Desmond Ritter, Kobe Bryant, and Maya J. Sanders, building blocks of the program's build to come back and see the ultimate destination, which is the college football playoff. And the journey to get there has been nothing short of spectacular. It isn't about the destination, it's about the journey. We know that. And the journey has been just a gradual of getting there to you know, getting yourselves out of the depths of the AAC, getting to that conference championship game, establishing yourself as contenders and favorites, winning the conference championship, now in back-to-back years. Then this year, being the best team in your own state, they didn't have to beat Ohio State to do it. Maybe some of you think that it would be more legitimate if they did and did beat Ohio State. I understand that. I understand there will be people out there that say that UC got lucky. I understand. I don't agree with it. But they are the best team in Ohio, and now they're in the college football playoff. Anything is possible. And this is what Cincinnati is doing. Anything is possible if you just build a program Punch above your weight class. Defy expectations. Don't give a hoot about what anybody says about your being a group of five team, whatever. Anything's possible. We talk about anything's possible being that case in the month of March with the mid-major upsetting a major opponent. UMBC over Georgia, uh, Virginia, excuse me. Uh, or Roberts gains the Sweet 16. George Mason, VCU, and Loyola Chicago advancing to the Final Four. Cincinnati has kind of done that by getting to the college football playoff as a mid-major school because the NCAA tournament is not exclusive to um, Power 5 teams. The NCAA tournament is made by mid-majors pulling upsets. The college football playoff is not designed for mid-major schools. It is an upset in of itself that UC is in the college football playoff as a group of five team. That was... 11 to 12 solid minutes of content I did not have prepared for today. I just spewed that out on the fly. You're welcome. So, when we come back, I will talk about what Will Anderson, Alabama's linebacker and Bronco Nagurski award winner, said at Media Days on Monday. Because you may not agree with it, but it is true. I'll get to that next. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you. I know I said after the end of the, at the end of the first segment, I was going to touch on what Will Anderson, the Alabama's Bronco Nagurski award-winning linebacker said at Alabama. Many consider him to be a Heisman Trophy finalist snub. And I understand that. 15 and a half sacks is pretty damn impressive. But I want to I want to touch on what Will Anderson said Monday at eight at uh, Cotton Bowl Media Days because it's something that when I first read it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Like, dude, come on. It really did rub me the wrong way. He said that Alabama is still feeling disrespected. And at first I'm like, how can you be feeling disrespected? Dude, you're the number one team in the country. It's Cincinnati that has been dealing with disrespect for a year. Like, that's selfish of you to say, isn't it? Maybe it's not. See, like I touched on yesterday, on yesterday's show, Alabama's a dynasty. And what makes dynasties so great, like Alabama, like the Patriots, you watched the Last Dance documentary, the Last Dance documentary, and you saw what made Michael Jordan so great, and what made the Bulls so great is Alabama and those teams will find anything to motivate themselves. That's what makes great teams and great programs. So Alabama was an underdog going into the SEC championship game against Georgia. And they fueled off of that. I picked Georgia to win that game. Because I thought Georgia was simply the better team. Alabama almost lost to Auburn. Alabama has, has had many close calls this season. But as we've seen from Alabama, and as we've seen from other dynasties in the past, it doesn't matter what results happened in week seven or week nine or, or earlier than that. What matters is what they do in the game that's coming up on their schedule. And Alabama just simply took it to Georgia. Best win of any team this season. Alabama's playoff lives were on the line. They knew that. And they played like it. They played like it. Think of how many times Alabama has played with their lives on the line as far as the playoff is concerned. When dynasties have their lives on the line, they will find a way to win. That's the that that is that is that's the bottom line. And it can be irritably frustrating. I understand that. Most times, though, they will. Think of how many times the Patriots dynasty was on the brink of ending or when they were being written off. We're on Cincinnati. Yeah. They came out and played pretty damn well that game. We're down 28-3 to in Super Bowl 51. How The Bulls were only pushed to a Game 7, I believe, one time in their six title... In eight, you take six titles in eight-year run. They played like their they played like their lives were on the line. 
Michael Jordan would make up things to motivate himself. I forget the player's name on the uh, Washington Bullets. Who, after a game where Michael Jordan, this was talked about in the Last Dance documentary, David Aldridge, phenomenal reporter, talked about this. Michael Jordan scored 37 points against the Bullets in Chicago. And someone came up to him after the game, or allegedly, this ended up not being true. Michael Jordan made it up, though, to motivate himself. Michael Jordan allegedly made up that a player in Washington said to him, next, nice game, Mike, after the game where he scored 37. So the next game, they bolt the Bulls play in Washington, and Jordan scores 37 points in the first half. He used that makeup whatever to motivate himself. He made up something to motivate himself. I mean, that is... It's remarkable what athletes can do. And it's remarkable what teams and programs can do. And the rat poison that Alabama was given fueled them to be Georgia. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. So you can hate what Will Anderson said. You can think it's selfish. I am one of those that does. But I understand it. If I don't like something, but as long as I understand it, that's fine to me. Once disrespect enters you, once disrespect enters a group, it never succeeds. It never subsides. Alabama's not as good as some of the teams they've had in the past. I've said that many times. But there's a difference between being one of the best teams and one of the most driven teams. Alabama was driven to beat Georgia. Their playoff lives were on the line. Now, now that they're in the playoff, are we going to... The answer to the question of, well, was Alabama's performance against Georgia the standard, or is it just a one-game anomaly? Aaron Suttles, who covers the, tie for Alabama, uh, covers the tie for the athletic, touched on that yesterday. And it's, and it's interesting to me. Because... When I saw what Will Anderson said, I was like, uh-oh. Alabama's going to come ready to play. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Alabama's going to win 45-14. to I still think Cincinnati's going to give them a game, but it might not be as close of a game as I thought before that comment was said. But Alabama, now, now that they're in the playoff, are they going to have that same rat poison, that same, you know, motivation chip on their shoulder that they had in the SEC championship. Alabama's goal is not to, not to simply make the college football playoff. Alabama's goal is to win the national championship every year. And this is a playoff game. You win, you move on. You lose, you go home. This is not, and Nick Saban said something really interesting years ago. When he said that this is not a bowl game, this is a playoff game. And for college football that up until 2014 did not have a playoff at the FBS level. Now this is this is what the NFL this is what the NFL has with with winner go home. This is what March Madness has. This is a playoff game. This is not a bowl game where you go and you celebrate your accomplishments for the season. No, this is a playoff game. There's a winner and a loser. And Alabama may have that extra gear motivation. It wouldn't shock me if they did. 
It would not shock me if they did. After what Will Anderson said. But is Alabama's SEC championship game performance, is that what we're going to see against UC? Or is it because they had that rat poison and it was against Georgia? Are they going to overlook Cincinnati? How many times, like I said on Tuesday's show, has Alabama lost to a team that they should have beaten, a.k.a. Ohio State in 2014, a.k.a. Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl in 2013, a.k.a. Auburn in 2019, with, again, their playoff hopes somewhat on the line? That is a very interesting proposition. You know, is Alabama, yes, going to have that disrespect still in them, even as the top team in the country, and that's what can make programs like Alabama so great? Or are they going to overlook Cincinnati because they did their job, they beat Georgia, they're now in the college football playoff, you know, they saved themselves from an offseason of just belittering you lose in the SEC championship game and you're 11-2. and two. I don't know if Alabama gets to a New Year's Six Bowl, let alone the college football playoff. It's very interesting to think about. And I was going to touch on this before I, I finish the show. And there's only two more shows left before the playoff. Friday's show is going to be full-on game preview. I'm going to give you my keys to the game, players to watch, etc. And then, of course, Monday, next Monday, January 3rd, recap of the game. I'll tell you right now, I might even have one up Friday night because this is a college football playoff game for Cincinnati. David versus Goliath. So many times we hear that with a matchup like this. I don't think that's the case. Cincinnati has proven they can belong. And I know it's Alabama. Again, get past the name on the jersey. This is not the Alabama team that we, this is not the dominant Alabama team we've seen over the years. It's not. Now, I don't think many teams besides Georgia, if any team, would be favored against Alabama. That's fair. But Cincinnati's a 13 and a half point underdog because they're Cincinnati from the American Athletic Conference. Not their Cincinnati number four in the college football playoff. I think it's a lot of crap that they get that mid-major you know, still attached to them heavily. Maybe that's why they're such a heavy underdog in this game. They should not be. If I was making the line on this game, I'd say Alabama was probably around 8.5 to 9.5 point favor. Not 13.5. So Cincinnati has to hear, leading up to the game, you guys are favored to lose by two touchdowns. When was the last time Cincinnati lost by two touchdowns? to Ohio State in 2019. The Bearcats have lost only three times since that game. Only one has come by 10 points. And that was a 10-point game. And UC was in that game until the fourth quarter. That was a Memphis final game of the 2019 regular season. I still think Cincinnati should have won that game. And if I see a 13.5 point spread as a player, I'm, I'm motivated by that. And I know Luke Fickle does a great job of not letting the players get caught up in outside noise, and it's great. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, if I see that, I'm motivated by that. Both of these teams are going to be very motivated to win this game. And then you can say, well, it could come down to who's the better team. And if you say Alabama, that's fine. I agree with you. But 
doesn't maybe it's not maybe that's the case here in this game Luke Fickle always says the best team on a given day will win it's not the best team going in Alabama's the best team in the country right now that's that's undeniable but Cincinnati if they play the best of the two teams on Friday can win the game both these both of these teams are going to be very motivated Alabama apparently thinks they're so disrespected. I understand it, but I, th I don't agree with it. I think it's selfish, honestly, what Will Anderson said. Cincinnati is here, and if they feel disrespected, they have every right to be. Ooh, this is getting exciting. Two days away from the college football playoffs, Cincinnati and Alabama in Dallas. We will be back tomorrow. More on the Cotton Bowl. If there's another storyline that comes through, another comment that's made, find out until then follow me on twitter at frankie underscore natty two n's n-n-a-t-i follow me on instagram alex frank nine underscore you can email me at alex three frank at gmail.com that's alex all lowercase the number three frank all lowercase at gmail.com thank you again for making lockdown bearcats your first listen of every day now make your second listen lockdown bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs lockdown bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, it's free and available on all platforms. And until I talk to you all tomorrow, I'm Alex Frank signing off on Lockdown Bearcats. And have a great rest of your Wednesday and make it a Bearcat day.